welcome to episode 14. We're back in Santa Maria, Aaron. <laughs> Flew all the way back. Flew all the way back. Are your arms tired? Uh, my goodness. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> welcome to episode 14 of Talking Element, or today we'll be talking about week four of the third wheel, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, part two. And today, Aaron and I are joined by Sarah McCool, who probably needs no introduction, but would you mind introducing yourself just in case? Okay. My name is Sarah McCool. Uh, my husband, Brandon, and I have been at Element since 2009 when we moved to the Central Coast. Uh, I joined the staff team about seven years ago, I think, almost, coming something Feels around longer. there. Nothing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, this is how this is going to go. There you go. See, now you feel more comfortable. You got mocked. Yes. Well, with that, would you mind giving a recap of the message. So today what we're doing is talking about being filled with the Spirit part two. We're taking some things from last week and going a little bit deeper, but we're going to spend the beginning part of the message talking about why it's important for us to understand the Spirit working in us, especially in the culture that we are where everybody claims to be spiritual because our culture is looking for something. And being a people who live and walk and are filled with the Spirit should enable us to step into our culture in a way that we can help people distinguish between valid and invalid spiritual experiences. And then we're going to move from that into really talking about you know, being filled with the Spirit and how that works out in our lives from how the Spirit leads us to the Word of God and stimulates us in relationship with Him to have a love for Him that eclipses everything else in our lives because being filled with God's Spirit really leads to understanding who he is above all things. So I know you said you couldn't s- simplify it to like a three point, but I wrote three things down. Would you mind if I read it and you correct me if I'm, <laughs> how I'm wrong? Great. <laughs> uh, so this is what, I, what I, I felt I heard you say through this, that the Holy Spirit helps us to know God's love, mm-hmm. which is written for us, formed by the scriptures, helps us to love God more, mm. which is more of the emotional side of, mm. a, of a response to God's love of us. And then out of both of those changes our outward. It, change, it makes us more, generos, more generous, as you said. It brings in a fruit of the Spirit. Do you wow, s- maybe you should have done the, the no. recap because no. that, was, that was good. That was, because <laughs> that you kept coming back to the love of God out, and the Spirit brings out that outshining mm. from Scripture. And and that that I th- does it is it simple enough? Is it boiling it down to love? Yeah, that the, the Holy Spirit lets us love. Yeah, I think He loves us and leads us in love. And I think the whole idea of you know God has first loved us, and that is shown to us most strongly emotionally by the Holy Spirit. So we asked you to kind of be a part of this one because of your past experience with this and sometimes when people from a conservative side talk about the Spirit things it sometimes it sounds very negative and it's and that's not ever what we want that to sound like and so we thought you would have experiences you can share that wouldn't you know sound like that so what is your experience I hope so um well i grew up in a very charismatic church um i i take that back i grew up in like every denomination of church i've i've experienced a little bit of everything but there were a lot of things demonstrated to me throughout that time um, where it did kind of push me more into a direction of searching for answers myself as opposed to just what I was hearing in sermons or experiencing at camps and stuff like that. 
All right, so give me some positive and negative experiences. Like, what, what's, what, what positives came out of that, and then what negatives kind of came out of that? Uh, so one of the positives that I can remember is it introduced me to God as my father. Parents aside, uh, I had an amazing youth pastor um, who I, him and his wife really uh, loved me and showed me community and showed me who God was. And they were the ones to introduce that concept of God as my father. You know, it's funny because one of the biggest things that I do miss about being at a charismatic church is a more open style of worship during music. I very much connect to the music and I am singing it to my father like a child. I want to raise my arms for him to pick me up. Why can't you raise your arms? Oh, I do. Okay. But when I first started coming to Element, like me and Amanda Markstone were the only ones that did that. That was one thing that came, like, I could reach up to him physically. I could call out to him as the dad that I wanted to love me and hold me and embrace me. And that was some of my positive. How have you grown in in the spirit, understanding, being filled with the spirit, um, and all that? One thing that I grew up very confused about, and it kind of uh, became clear, and you kind of touched on it again today in the message, Um, one of my biggest experiences that I've shared with people is when I went to camp one year and I was asked if I had ever been, if I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. Um, and I had never heard of that. I knew I'd been, you know, baptized in my pastor's hot tub when I was like 10, but I didn't know like what baptized in the Holy Spirit was. And they said, well, that's when you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and, and he will bestow upon you your spiritual gifts. And I was confused because of all the denominations that I've participated in up until that point, um, I had a pretty good understanding that the Holy Spirit was already in me, that when I became baptized, when I became a believer. And so it it did a lot of confusion for me um, as a teen because I, I felt that presence in my life already, but now I was being told he wasn't officially in me yet because I hadn't done this ritual and because I didn't have any manifested spiritual gifts. It didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel real. I knew I wasn't being authentic. And I would say that that was around the time that I grew apart from Christ or I walked away. Um, And it wasn't until years later, until really when I met my husband and um, he, it was very important to him that our relationship was based on Christ. Um, And I started really searching things out for myself, really digging into the scripture for myself for the first time. And when I started coming to Element, actually, uh, I remember telling this to one of my brothers was, it was the first time that the Bible became personal to me. So I want to talk a little bit more about the means of the Spirit. Primarily, you, you touched on us understanding Scripture better. It's more, how does the Holy Spirit do that? And when we are overwhelmed and can't hear, the Holy Spirit always is trying to steer us back to the Scriptures because it's, it's the main way that He is able to speak to us. That 
it's it's right there. It's it's the words in black and white that he's written for us to understand, and then he will take those words and then make them come alive for us. And maybe I'm off in this, but I think he can also use your community as a means mm-hmm. if you have a community of believers that will lift you out of things. I um, right now my my GC is meeting with just the females because COVID and babysitters and the reason I said it's cold is because we meet outside even in the evening as it gets dark early um but I opened up and I said I did not want to come tonight I my heart was racing on the way here because I just didn't want to do it but I'm here and I believe that the Holy Spirit used the community of women that I was with to um speak life and truth and love into me and I remember walking out and feeling energized for the first time in days. So so going back to the question you kind of asked in the middle, how have you seen others search for something, that that, that spiritual connection, um, knowing that they were made for more? I think a good example for me in my life is my dad and even even my stepmom. I mean, they, they both talk about this every once in a while, that I mean, my dad keeps threatening, oh, I'm just going to become an atheist, which in all intents and purposes, it kind of is. Um, but... Because he, he's like, oh, people do such horrible things in the name of God, and da, da, da. And I'm like, well, you're just talking about the problem with people. You're not, mm-hmm. You want to double down on people is what you want to do. I mean, more atrocities have been committed in atheistic regimes than in anything else. So that isn't really the answer. But they're, you know, they're both feeling like there, there's got to be something more in that. And so it's it's weird having these conversations at times trying to steer them because you know my dad grew up in this tradition of uh mysticism of Jesus is a good teacher and Buddha was a good teacher and everybody's a good teacher and you just get reincarnated until you do it right and it's this this whole weird conglomeration of different religions in the world that just is, you know, whatever I want it to be is, is what it is. And so, you know, I will get every once in a while to talk about the reality that is Christ, the, the sure-footedness, the foundation of what the gospel is and that it doesn't move and it doesn't change and it isn't like all the shifting sands that all the spiritual things are in his life. So I will get the opportunity to kind of talk about that at times, that your spiritual experience isn't necessarily the experience that God intends for people to have. Mm. It isn't. It isn't like waves of the ocean, you know, all over the place. There is actually a sure, solid foundation for us to live our lives on. That still also is, in the end, also a spiritual experience. The last thing I had was uh, in the middle of the message. You say we need to be able to discern between spiritual experiences in a healthy way, and and how might we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I think I said between what's valid and invalid, I think, is what I also said in there. Well, piggybacking on what you said probably in Talking Element a couple of weeks ago, uh, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Uh, that was actually a question that I would ask myself when I came to Element and not very many people during music raised their hands. I started asking myself, well, why do I have that inclination? Why is it that I feel like that? Is it you know, just it's because not only I... you though? Other people have said that that they want, but they feel out of place doing it. And I'm like, why would you feel out of place doing it? Because nobody because else. Because we is have doing eyeballs. It. <laughs> and so that made me wonder: like, do I feel comfortable doing it because that's how I grew up culturally uh, in the church that I grew up in? And I really appreciated 
having to search that out in myself, the mm. validity was, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because I want people to see me a certain way? Well, no, because here that certain way looked different than it looked at my last church. Uh, I, I think that how we help people discern is by our understanding, our own understanding of the scriptures. Because the scriptures, as if for, for thousands of years, has enabled people to be able to discern between authentic and inauthentic expressions of spiritual things in the world. And I, I think the better that we know the scriptures, the better we will be at being able to do that with others. To be able to say, you know, why do you, why do you think this is, is good or valid? Like when someone is running after something that is very self-centered. I just want this feeling. I just want that. And if I do this, then the spirits, the universe, the whatever is going to have to do that. And you can then say, but why? You know, what, what makes that true? Well, I just feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, the, the scriptures teach that our hearts are deceitful above all things. And many times the things our hearts run after are the exact opposite of what God is calling us to. And if we are seeking things that are, that are purely selfishly motivated, well, that's, that's not where God is leading us. And I think we can help people with the better we understand the scriptures to look at spiritual experiences and what they... So what advice do you give someone who's never read scripture or opened the Bible and is just lost and confused and flips through and... Yeah. I started in Leviticus. Didn't I didn't understand the thing. <laughs> of course. No, but how, how, so how do you help someone start to have a better understanding? You develop a relationship. That's, I think that's where it has, to, it has to start in developing a relationship. And then as people start to you know, read the scriptures, maybe you read it with them in the beginning or give them something to read and come back and see what they don't understand and what they do. It's, it's like everybody always does this thing, oh, you should start in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is all a bunch of Greek metaphors. And I like people to start like in the book of Mark because it's so uh, it's so easy, I think, for Americans to comprehend it because it's so action-oriented. You know, Jesus did this, then he did this, then he did this, and behold this, and behold that, and behold this. And it's just all these action things. And, and I, I think when people are starting a place where they don't have anything, they start with that, that friendship and that connection. And then we walk them to the Word and we start walking them through certain things and we take them to people who have maybe helped us to understand and discern better, whether it's, you know, talking element or, you know, whatever it is, something that helps take the impractical that we feel and make it practical. (laughs) During uh, my pregnancy with my daughter, Mike and Deb Harmon gifted to us the Jesus Storybook Bible. And my son was two. And around the time that Evelyn was born, we began every single night we would read a story from this kid's version of the Bible that went, goes from the beginning, like from Genesis in the Old Testament, but it, uh, it closes every story with a little nod to Jesus coming Mm -hmm. and what Jesus does and how real, like how everything in the Bible, including the Old Testament points to Jesus, which to some people who aren't familiar with scriptures, they don't see that they see as the Old Testament is before Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus came and it's a different book. They don't see that it's all one piece Mm -hmm. together. So through reading this together and reading it, you know, a story every night with our kids and we, we did it a few times through, um, I totally copied the Harmons. And every time I go to a baby shower, I would gift that. And I had a couple friends who, um, we met through 
preschool and um, they they were not plugged into a church. They came from a background with not a lot of religious knowledge, um, but they understood my community and they understood the friendships. Like we'd have park dates and she'd meet people from Element and uh, she and her husband and her their family eventually started coming to Element and she'd have questions a lot for me and, and it was exciting. But one of the things that we did, we invited them over for dinner fairly early on when we realized they were committed to coming to Element and we gifted them this book. Now their kids were, you know, older than my kids were at that time, but still it was this, I remember her thanking me, like it was this easy way to get an high level view of the Bible stories and then she'd go to the Bible and actually look up like the real story. I mean, it was the real story, but in scripture. So there's the parent card. If you don't know where to start, start with the Jesus Storybook Bible and then look up the, well, the story. You know, it's, it's kind of sad sometimes that people are afraid to go and look. I mean, there, there are some adults who would be probably do a great thing if they would go and actually read that. The next step up, the uh, Crossway puts out a Bible called the Gospel Transformation Bible. Yep. And that that Bible, so most like study Bibles have scripture and then notes about it to help you understand what they do is they replace the notes with uh throughout all of it how it points to christ so old testament new testament it's all how it relates to the gospel of jesus christ and so that might be a good one too i'm going to put both of those links uh to amazon and so if you are interested please uh check those out as Aaron said, please find somebody who will walk alongside of you that you can... Or that you can walk alongside of. That, or that you can walk alongside, or both. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if, if you are having a hard time beginning, find somebody who has already begun and have them, ask them how they got started and walk through the book of Mark together. Um, if you don't have anybody, please reach out to us. Email info at ourelement.org. Mm-hmm. And we will connect you with somebody to, to help grow um, in the word, in love. Uh, and I'll end with my wrap up, if that's okay. Uh, Holy Spirit helps us to know God's love, uh, helps us grow our love of God, and through that changes all aspects of our life. And that is our prayer for you, that you better understand God's word, his love for us, that you grow in your love for him, and uh, that you be transformed of the renewal of your mind. And with that, we will see you next week, and uh, have a great week. Let me hear the... the... Do I talk to you guys or the camera? Okay, (laughs) sorry. Um... Um, And and we will might try it. We will try. We might. We might. (laughs) Not you. Not you. Um... I guess the message could have been way shorter if I just would have said that. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to say.